Culture, the podcast where we look at pop culture and wonder what makes it pop. I'm Marie, and what would you say if I mention the names Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie? What would you be thinking? Would you be thinking The Simpsons? And if you are, congratulations, you just stumbled on what today's podcast is about, The Simpsons. And yes, I'm going there. So, The Simpsons is the longest running animated series and the longest running American sitcom. It is also the longest-running American-scripted primetime television series. And this is both in seasons and number of episodes. There have been 33 episodes and... Wait for it. Wait for it. 725 episodes. The show first started airing in 1989. It was December 17th, 1989 to be exact. And this show got its start actually from animated shorts that appeared on the Tracy Ullman show, which ran from 1987 to 1990. And, you know, it's pretty much an interesting little thing. Um, Simpsons, it's known for its main supporting, main and supporting characters. It has a huge, huge supporting characters. I mean, you have, and you probably remember them all, Chief Wiggum, Ned Flanders, Selma and Patty, Mr. Burns. Excellent. Apu, Krusty, the list goes on and on. And, you know, the characters, they live in a town called Springfield. Nobody knows what state Springfield is in, even though some argue that it is probably Springfield, Oregon, on account that Simpsons creator Matt Groening is originally from Oregon. And, you know, basically you have Homer Simpson, who is a safety inspector at Springfield Nuclear Power Plant, and he's kind of a buffoon type. He's married to Marge, who is your stereotypical housewife and mother, and of course, there are three kids. Bart, who we all know is the little troublemaker. Lisa, who is an intellectual and activist, and Maggie, the baby, who rarely speaks, but communicates by sucking on the pacifier. And of course, pacifier one, I figured it out. It's Morse code. <laughs> Has to be Morse code. And, you know, it, they're shown as a dysfunctional family, but many episodes also examine the relationship and bonds with each other and shows their love for one another. And of course, you have Grandpa Simpson who lives in the Springfield Retirement Castle. And this was after Homer forced his dad to sell his house so his family could buy their house. And of course, Grandpa's probably one of the crazier ones. 
And okay, I have a trivia question. Anybody know the address for the Simpsons? While we're waiting for these dorks. Yes, I do have my own lyrics to the Jeopardy theme. Okay. For those of you that don't know, here is the address. 742 Evergreen Terrace. How do I know that? So anyway... Like I said, that you also you have them, but you have like some quirky supporting characters. Like there's Lenny and Carl, who are Homer's best friends and co-workers, Principal Skinner. And you have the teachers of Springfield Elementary, like Edna Krabappel up until up until the death of the of Marsha Wallace, who did the voice of her. And, you know, then they just kind of phased her out. And then Elizabeth Hoover. Miss Hoover. Every time I think of her, I always think of, I always think of Ralph Wiggum for some reason. Then, of course, you have Simpsons Neighbor, Ned Flanders, Barney Gumble, who's kind of the town drunk that everybody loves. Apu, who runs the Quickie Mart. Mo, who runs the local bar. And then, of course, you have Bart's best friend, Millhouse, and the biggest bully of them all, Nelson Muntz. <laughs> yeah, I could do the voices of some of the Simpsons characters. And, you know, it's really an interesting thing when you, when you look into these characters. And, you know... They say the creators originally intended many of these characters to be one-time jokes or fulfilling needed functions in the town. But as you could tell from a lot of them, they kind of grew into, into basically the characters that we don't forget. I mean, I mean, how many of us can't forget Kent Brockman? Or Mr. Burns. And of course we definitely can't forget Smithers. And you know, so so they also had like subsequent episodes that were centered around them. Like I know there was one episode in particular that I am really thinking of with Ned Flanders. Actually there's a few Ned Flanders episodes I'm thinking of. There's um one where Ned kind of gets to where he's he tries to start his own store, the Leftorium. And it's actually like a left-hand specialty store. And then like there's episodes where like he does like different things like you know, he, he played Satan in a Treehouse of Horror episode, which was weird because of the fact that, you know, the... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to laugh at this. Um, but Ned Flanders is, of course, portrayed as an evangelical. So that was interesting. Of course, another Ned Flanders-centric one was Alone Again, Natra Diddly, which was where 
his wife Maud died. This was the 11th season and she died in a freak accident involving a t-shirt cannon. And that's insane. And of course, and of course we actually saw one episode where it was Hurricane Nettie and it was an episode where his house was destroyed by a hurricane and we had the flashback on on Ned being a young being this crazy young child and here he ends up having to go to this therapist and it was just a crazy episode in a way and you know a lot of people do say that he's a character of the Christian right which I kind of believe but yeah that's an example of how these characters kind of evolved into into you know while they're still like the supporting characters they've evolved into like these iconic types and Matt Groening who created The Simpsons he he attributes that concept of a large supporting cast to a Canadian sketch comedy show which ran from 1976 to 1984 called SCTV and if you have seen SCTV you will know what I'm talking about now it's interesting because they depict milestones like holidays and birthdays but the characters never age between episodes so for instance right now let's see it's 2022 simpsons aired in first aired in 89 bart was about 10 years old so let me do the math very quickly here so so if he was 10 years old in 1989 and then so he would probably be, I'm trying to do this and it's a little fuzzy, but Bart would probably be in a, about his early to mid forties if the show ended up where the characters aged. So Bart would be like in his mid to early forties. Lisa would be like, I think in her thirties and Maggie would be roughly about late 20s, early 30s. And Homer and Marge would be senior citizens. And, you know, it's, it's crazy if you think about that. So, why is this? They use what is known in in fiction as a floating timeline it's also known as a sliding time scale which is used a lot in comics and animation and basically it explains why the characters age very little or not at all over a period of time so that's why in a way like like if you look at 
more current episodes of The Simpsons, you'll see, like, like, Homer and Marge in their 20s, and they're talking about, like, a trend that happened, like the Rachel haircut. Or they're talking about grunge music. So, yeah, that's a, that is an example of it. Now, they do say a canon does exist of this. And canon is like kind of like a biblical kind of thing in television creation. But Treehouse of Horror is basically considered non-canon, which is, you know, these, these shows, they're just there to be there which is a prime example because like some of the things that are mentioned in Treehouse of Horror like for instance Ultra House which was in one of the Treehouse of Horror things is never mentioned again and you know there's very inconsistent continuity um, like for instance Krusty he was shown one minute to be illiterate, next minute not to be. And the only consistency was he was always portrayed as being Jewish. And, you know, Sideshow Bob, you know, he he's always seen as a criminal, but there's always different facets to him. So, yeah. So setting. Now, Simpsons, like I said, it does take place in Springfield, and it's impossible to determine the exact U.S. state. And, you know, a lot of it is because of the way they put the geography, like coastlines, deserts, farmlands, tall mountains, or whatever that episode's plot line does require. Now, Matt Groening did say that Springfield has a lot in common with Portland, Oregon, which is where he grew up. And Springfield is actually one of the most common American city names. And it appears in at least 29 states. Eventually, Groening did say that he named it after Springfield, Oregon, which, you know, was also the setting of a sitcom called Father Knows Best from the 1950s. So yeah, and the development, you know, like I said, it started with the Tracy Ullman show, which was a, which was kind of an interesting half hour comedy show that ran for several seasons. And, you know, James L. Brooks, who who was one of the writers, producers of Tracy Ullman show, he saw the comic Life in Hell by Matt Groening. And he got Groening to pitch a series of animated shorts to be put in between the commercial breaks for the Tracy Ullman show. And originally it was going to be 
an animated version of Life in Hell, but it required like the rescindance of the publication right. So he decided to do something original and, you know, just kind of quickly sketched a family, The Simpsons. And he named the characters after his own family members, with the exception of Bart, which was adopting, which was actually an adoption of an anagram for the word brat. So Simpsons first appeared as shorts in 1987 on the Tracy Ullman show. And here, the animators at first, they just retraced the drawings that Graining presented in the pitch meeting. And that's why, like, if you look at the Tracy Ullman shorts, they do look very crude. And the animation was, for the most part, produced by Klasky Kupso, which, for those of you that don't know about Klasky Kupso, and for shame, Klapsy Kupso is is actually a very well-known animation studio and they are the animation studio that gave us a lot of Nickelodeon's most iconic Nicktoons. Rugrats, Wild Thornberries, Rocket Power, as told by Ginger, all grown up and ah, real monsters. Also, they they kind of ceased to exist for about four years and then they reopened and began production on a reboot of Rugrats which is currently airing on Paramount Plus. So there's an interesting factoid. And then of course, you know, over time, over time they cleaned it up and then in 89, a team a production team adapted The Simpsons into a half-hour series for Fox and it ended up where it began with a Christmas episode of all things. Simpsons roasting on an open fire. And yeah, it was it was a Christmas special, of course, but it did not it did not start broadcasting actual series until 1990. And, you know, Tracy Ullman did file a lawsuit against Fox claiming that her show was the source of the series' success, but that was thrown out by the courts. So, you know, you a lot of, a lot of times the writers on it some of them did move on to do stuff on the show full time others have been known for other big things for instance Conan O'Brien was actually a Simpsons writer and you know he went on to become a late night talk show host so very interesting to know and you know the voice actors have always kind of been the same. I mean, 
You have Dan Castanella, who is known for the voice of Homer Simpson. Julie Kravner, who does the voice of Marge. Nancy Cartwright, who is probably one of the more known of the bunch. Nancy Cartwright, she does the voice of Bart. She also does the voice of several other of the characters on, on the show. Like, a lot of the kid characters are done by Nancy Cartwright. And an interesting factoid for those of you that really want to keep score on this the most known one that she does the voice of is Bart Simpson but she also does the voice of Nelson Muntz, Ralph Wiggum Todd Flanders, Kearney Database and Maggie another interesting thing I should point out before I go any further is female voiceover actresses are known a lot of times to do voices of children and it's because of the higher pitches that they can obtain that's why like for instance Rugrats you know you saw you saw basically women doing the voices of those babies including the boys and of course Yearly Smith she is you know she's mostly known as the voice of Lisa and you know if you ever heard her talk like she's done a few movies she's also she's done a few movies like City Slickers and Toys and she also did I'm trying to think what the movie is oh now I remember Legend of Billie Jean if you listen to her actual voice and compare it to Lisa, you can see that there is a very huge, very huge similarity. So, yeah. And so, so the other thing that is very interesting with The Simpsons is that first off, over time, a lot of a lot of things changed in regards to to cast members and whatnot. Like the one thing that very few people knew is that there are some characters that they retired the character when the actor who did the voice of them died. For instance, a good example is Marsha Wallace, who did the voice of Edna Krabappel. When she died, they retired Mrs. Krabappel. And then, like, Phil Hartman, who was, was kind of a recurring cast member. And, you know, he did the voice of Troy McClure, who you may remember from such movies as... And I can't remember the movies now. <laughs> and, you know, Lionel Hutz, who was that crazy-ass attorney. When he died in 1998, those characters were retired. There are some that they simply ended up recasting the character. Like, Rusie Taylor, who, for those of you that don't know who Rusie Taylor is... She's known for doing the 
for one of the being one of the actresses who did the voice of Minnie Mouse. And interesting enough, she was actually married to the actor who did the voice of Mickey Mouse. When she died in 2019, the characters that she did, which was like Sherry and Terry, Martin Prince, were actually ended up being recasted. And there's an actress named Gray Griffin who does those voices. So, yeah, sometimes it was a recast, sometimes it wasn't. And there are also some examples of characters that, you know, an actor has done the voice of for a long time, but they decided not to anymore. For instance, the one that really comes to mind is... Apu and Apu was of course the one character that we all remember because he is the guy who runs the Quickie Mart and for those of you that don't remember the Quickie Mart the Quickie Mart was kind of like the 7-Eleven and in 2017 there was a documentary called The Problem with Apu which was which was developed by an Indian American stand-up comic named Hari Kandabutu. I'm sorry if I totally butchered that, but he he did this um, documentary and he harshly criticized the character Apu for the South Asian stereotype because there was a huge stereotype in the time frame of when the Simpsons first started of of people of Indian descent especially immigrants of India you know they were they ended up being pigeonholed as the people that were running the convenience stores and of course in a way that kind of stays to this day because I know I know people that say oh well all the Indians do is come over to America and run our 7-Elevens and Dunkin' Donuts. And that's not really true because I do know of a couple 7-Elevens that are run by Americans. And when I was in college, there was a Dunkin' Donuts up the street from where I went to school and it was run by Chinese. So, yeah. Suck it, haters. And, you know, so... Hank Azaria, who does, who did the voice of Apu, he reacted by saying, you know what? I'm not going to do the voice of Apu anymore. So, in 2019, it was actually announced that Apu would remain on the show, but I, I don't see anything that shows that he that he's um has a different voice and you know it's it's kind of kind of sad in a way because it would have been nice to see like an Indian American come in and do that voice and you know Apu is one of those ones that's really unforgettable. And, you know, 
he's been his image has been widely licensed on things like board games, car fresheners, and you know, Seven Eleven actually when they converted the stores into quickie marts, they kind of used used it, and that was actually an advertisement ploy for the Simpsons movie. And of course, that leads me to the next thing regarding the Simpsons, which is the whole thing of it has become this huge franchise and I mean very huge when I was you know I grew up when the Simpsons really was in its heyday and you know I would see like Simpsons t-shirts Simpsons toys comic books video games there was actually an album called The Simpsons Sing the Blues and it had all these songs that were done by Simpsons characters. I think we all remember that song, Do the Bart Man, don't we? I know I sure do. But yeah, it, like, it really was one of those huge things. And here ended up where it became so popular that many years after it first aired, we ended up with the Simpsons movie. Now, I remember going and seeing the Simpsons movie in the theaters. I took my dad. And that was mostly because of one reason. You know, he liked the Simpsons as much as I do. And, you know, the Simpsons movie, it came out in 2007, and it was really a screwball thing. And it was a, it started with a Green Day concert where they were on a barge in like Springfield, and they were talking about environmental issues, audience got pissed, started throwing stuff at them, barge sinks, band dies. And Grandpa Simpson has this crazy spiritual experience where he says about a disaster that will befall Springfield. We all remember that famous one, Epa, Epa, And here Epa is actually EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. And then you know, it ended up where Homer adopts a pig, ends up throwing the pig, the pig crap into like Springfield, which causes Epa to come in, put the dome on, and they wanted to destroy Springfield. It was a crazy story, yes, but come on, the show's crazy. And here, it ended up where, you know, not only did you have, like, all this, all these different themes and cultural references, but it had a huge marketing thing. 7-Eleven transformed 11 stores in the United States and one in Canada into quickie marts. And 7-Eleven also merch also had themed merchandise in many of its stores for sale which were squishies which 
It's kind of like the Simpsons version of Slurpees. Buzz Cola, Krusty O cereal, and the iconic pink donut, which we all know was just a donut with pink frosting and sprinkles. And yeah, so there was also a special animated opening monologue by Homer in on the Tonight Show. It it's like just the most amazing little thing here because they they released more toys they released the game list goes on and on on the marketing actually the empire state building was illuminated yellow to promote the film's home video release i just found this out i was today years old when i found that out and you know rod tomatoes gave it an 87 percent approval rating based on 223 reviews and here cinema score gave it an a minus and its box office was wait for it wait for it the overall box office on the simpsons movie when it was all said and done 500 36.4 million and had a budget of 75 million so that shows you it's still a very popular show and you know even now it's not as popular as it once was but it's still rather popular I mean the show's still running on Fox, but also, at the same time, you can find reruns streaming. I know Hulu has it, and so does Disney Plus, because because recently, recently, um, Disney purchased the movie the movie television production division of Fox. So. Yeah, if you have Disney Plus, you can actually get episodes of The Simpsons. And I will tell you how popular it is. I know people that still use Simpsons references to this day, for one thing. But also, I was in a liquor store in New Jersey last summer. And, you know, I'm walking through this liquor store. And I get... In New Jersey, liquor stores have a section where there's where there's the wine and the hard liquor, like your vodkas, your your vodkas, your whiskeys, you know, that kind of stuff. And then there's a section with the beer. Now, yeah, a lot of states probably have that, but keep in mind, I live in Pennsylvania. We don't. And I was walking through the beer section of this liquor store. This was in Hainesport, New Jersey, by the way. And I was walking through this, through the beer section, and I came across a beer that was called, wait for it, Purple Monkey Dishwasher. A lot of people are wondering, what the hell is Purple Monkey Dishwasher? Purple Monkey Dishwasher was used in a Simpsons episode. It was... It was um a very 
very funny little joke, but purple monkey dishwasher was used in the, in season six, episode twenty one, the PTA disbands, and there's an episode, there's a part in the episode where, you know, they're all in strike, and Bart's trying to keep the strike going on as long as he can, so he goes to Springfield Elementary and he starts like this whisper down the lane telephone type rumor thing where he says Skinner says the teachers will crack at any minute and it just keeps going on 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 and finally it it ends up right to Mrs. Krabappel and here's what she's told Skinner said the teachers will crack any minute purple monkey dishwasher and you know, ended up where Evil Genius Beer Company out of Philadelphia ended up creating a beer called Purple Monkey Dishwasher. And it's a chocolate peanut butter porter. And I I haven't tried it, but I remember when I first heard it, I was I was actually talking about this like several weeks later with my friend Gary, who ironically enough is a minister. And, you know, he's close to my age. So we kind of share like a lot of the same pop culture references. And I remember I was, I was sitting at his house one day and his wife just went out to get, to get like some hard cider and some beers. And, you know, I, I said to him about how there was a beer I saw in New Jersey called Purple Monkey Dishwasher. And he's like, you remember that Simpsons episode? And we're just talking about the whole thing. And the funniest thing is, to this day, we still have all these Simpsons references. Like, I've helped him out with tech stuff at his church. And he had, like, a Kent Brockman thing in one of the presentation slides. And I... I kind of found the humor in it and he ends up he ends up saying the infamous line about the ant overlords and I'm like I use that one to this day and so yeah at least for like the ex-lennials and maybe Gen X as well the Simpsons is still one of those things that you will not forget and, you know, it's one of those things I think even when the show finally comes to an end, it will be one of those shows that we can look back on in like maybe 15, 20 years after the show ends and be like, you know, that was basically a great piece of Americana right there. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that we realize that The Simpsons has pretty much become a part of the pop culture lexicon. It's also become kind of the biggest predictor of stuff because they do say that it did predict the Donald Trump pre presidency, which I don't, I don't really buy into. But, yeah. And don't forget, like, 
like they said on South Park. Simpsons did it. <laughs> okay, so that concludes this episode of Pop Goes the Culture. And this was probably one of the longer episodes I did because I just realized I spent 40 minutes talking about The Simpsons. As always, this one is written, produced, and researched by me. And I am on, I am hosted by Anchor. Log on to anchor.fm and you too can get your podcast hosted. I'm listed on Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon, and a few dozen others. I have a complete list on Twitter at popculture267. That is also where you can find me on Instagram. Oh, thank you.